Are we ready to open next month? I think so. You think so? Well, it's complicated. Fire protection, first aid supplies, uniforms, safety training, mat services. Oh, and restroom supplies. So uncomplicated. Call Sent Us. They'll handle all of it. Wow. One company can handle all that? That's not very complicated. So, you'll be ready? Oh, we'll be ready. Oh, I'm ready! Learn how CentOS can help you get ready for the workday. Visit CentOS.com. Welcome to Locked On Eagles, your source for the best Philadelphia Eagles news and analysis. I'm your host, Michael Kist. You can follow my work at Inside the Pylon, Breaking Football, and Grandstand Sports Network. Also, follow me on Twitter at Michael J. Kist. That's K-I-S-T. This edition of Locked On Eagles is brought to you by xbet.ag. Use the promo code XBET and you'll get up to 100% bonus on your first deposit. As always, I am joined by my co-host Benjamin Solak of Bleeding Green Nation and NDT Scouting. You can follow him on Twitter at Benjamin Solak. That's S-O-L-A-K. Ben, how you doing, brother? Oh, it's been an interesting day. It's been <laughs> a good day. Don't you dare question it. I'm always, I'm always having a good time. But uh, yeah, Philadelphia's had a fun one today, man. Yes, yes, they have. And look, we are going to get to our interview with Blake Allen Murphy from Revenge of the Birds. He's going to help us preview Eagles, Cardinals. But first, man, so if you missed it today, National Buffoon and poor man's William Randolph Hearst, Colin Cowherd, got on his soapbox and decided to spew some garbage rhetoric about the city of Philadelphia and their sports fans. So take a listen to some of his ill-informed takes. He said, we ran Andy Reid out of town. He said that Donovan McNabb was an average quarterback. He said that Reed won four NFC championships, which was wrong, and followed up by saying that Philadelphia doesn't like to read as he bungles his own notes, which I assumed were written in crown. Ben, I'll let you have a crack at this sewage-peddling, knuckle-dragging, knee-crawling, diseased mound of hog vomit, but first let me drop some quick facts about Andy Reed's last year in Philly. 4-12 4-12 and 12 win-loss record, 31st in turnover ratio, 29th in points scored, 29th in points scored against, dead last in passing touchdowns allowed with a quote-unquote revamped secondary. He hired his offensive line coach as a defensive coordinator in one of the most boneheaded moves you will ever see and drafted a 26-year-old fireman with no passion or skill for the game in the first round. So what is Cowherd saying that holds up under any kind of scrutiny? This is the same dunce who gloated over Sean Taylor's death, the same clown shoe that implied that Roger Goodell was a father figure for fatherless black NFL players, the same garbage man with a microphone that said that residents of Ohio and Indiana were bringing unemployment on themselves. This is what happens when you have nothing of value to provide. Hot takes with zero substance or originality, my farts contain more intelligence than this hack job. Andy Reid can be a very good coach in the grand scheme of things and also be let go from Philadelphia for very good reasons. Both can be true. So some of those very good reasons, terrible personnel decisions, which Andy Reid has admitted to. Also having the entire team quit on you for the better part of a season. And keep in mind, for all his regular season success, since then, He's 1-3 and three in the playoffs with Kansas City, including a hilarious meltdown we uneducated Philly fans weren't shocked by at all. Ben, mm-hmm. I'm going to bring you in to talk about this, and I'd ask you to speed this up because we do have a guest coming on. But in honor of Andy Reid, I'll tell you that we've got five minutes left. We're down two scores. Take your time. 
and make sure <laughs> you burn all of your timeouts before you need to. The floor is yours, my friend. Oh, yeah, sure. We're going to work some some draw plays in the middle of the field, <laughs> kind of just walk it up nice and controlled. No, I mean, obviously, it's absurd. And, it okay, you can have the opinion, but the best part is just how baseless. I can't decide what my favorite part is, but here's what I think it is. Firstly, is the wild generalization of, hey, Andy Reid is doing well. He was fired from Philadelphia. I have one other example with a with a Philadelphia Phillies general manager that I don't, I don't know because I don't follow baseball. We should probably take this all the way to Philadelphia is the worst sports city in the NFL. Right. I've heard that claim before, but usually it's because we've done awful things to people and thrown <laughs> snowballs and cursed a few. And okay, like that, there's an argument. This evidence makes no sense. This is just silliness. Now, I, I want to flex on the history a little bit because we're doing that now on this podcast. That's yeah. one of our things, apparently. Right. But, uh, you know, he, he said that, uh, Philadelphia was the capital and we, we messed that up, which I thought was pretty funny that we were getting yelled at for something that happened before, uh, the turn of the 19th century. Right. We didn't run George Washington out of town. We ran Congress out of town because, <laughs> no, it's actually really, it's like, here's, I think this is very Philadelphia. And what is Congress good for? Nothing. Go ahead, Ben. Right. No, no, no. This is, this is, it's very Philadelphia because, there was a revolt in in Pennsylvania because the reparations for the work done in the Revolutionary War, the payments for the soldiers was inadequate. And they so they revolted and they eventually chased Congress out of town. I think that's a fantastic reason to chase people out of town. I think go us for chasing Congress out of town. And the Capitol is always going to be in Washington, D.C. anyway. I took one American history class and I knew this. So that's a little bit hurtful. But here's here's what's important to me. Here's, I think, like the main point. Philadelphia did with Andy Reid what we constantly call for teams to do. Teams like so often get close but not quite, and they have a coach that's that's decent or good but not great, and they have a quarterback who's 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 top twelve but he's not top five, and they pay him like he's top five, right? How often do we lament the contracts that, that Derek Carr and Matthew Stafford just got because they're clearly being overpaid but for their talent? Let's talk about Marvin Lewis in Cincinnati. Right. Let's talk about how long Jeff Fisher Jeff Fisher survived in the league. Mm. John Fox right now in in in, uh, in Chicago. We constantly say you know, he brought up Coughlin as an example Coughlin was in New York as the head coach five more years than he should have been yeah. right we constantly talk about how NFL teams show an unwillingness to move on from 80 percent thinking that somehow it'll start growing into 90 here's kind of the rub I think in the event which no one from Philadelphia thinks will happen but in the event that that Andy Reid can put forth a successful playoff campaign to get to the Super Bowl and even win the Super Bowl I'll tell you right now from what I know of Philadelphia fans, they will be the first, before anyone from Kansas City, to be happy for Andy Reid for finally winning a gosh darn Super Bowl, right? I mean, sure, there's definitely going to be, you know, pissed off comments, and I'm going to have the, you know, some of the first of those, like, you couldn't do that when you were here, Andy, right. okay, whatever, you know, you had to get this long, fine. But you can't tell me that the fans of Philadelphia won't be happy for Andy Reid finally winning a Super Bowl. Of course we will. The Eagles had an organization that kept on getting close and not quite. And you can stick with that for as long as you want. But if memory serves, at that time, we were being made fun of for that. So we said, you know what? Let's move on. We made a, a, a big splash hire in Chip Kelly. The experiment didn't work. We moved on from that. And now we're rebuilding to a point where we look like to be a playoff contender again. We did what we want NFL teams to do. And now we're getting crucified for that because Reid, who is a good coach, went and found success elsewhere. Nonsense. I don't know if you remember back then, but the last year that Reed was here and the team had obviously given up, the fans behind the Eagles bench put up a big banner. This was huge. And it just said, quit Andy, your team has. 
And that, to me, said everything because that's where we were. I mean, if you want to put on the rose-colored glasses and play revisionist history with that, that's fine. You can live in that delusional little world. It was time for both parties to move on. The Eagles organization treated Andy Reid with class. We have a good relationship with Andy Reid since. This is not a tale of someone getting kicked out of town for no good reason. It had to happen. It was just at that point. And Andy Reid still hasn't won a Super Bowl. So who cares? Like, honestly, we've all moved on. Why bring it back up to try to fit it in some narrative that doesn't equate? Colin Cowherd is a hack. And that's all I have to say about this segment. Guys, I found something that you guys will love. XBet.ag. I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw it. I mean, I bet on sports, so I figured, what the hell? I'll give this a shot. XBet.ag has everything. It's like Vegas in your pocket. With our mobile website, I just log on and bet on any game I want right on my phone. You got to check them out. Their website is clean and easy to use, and their graphics are sick. They even offer live in-game wagering, turning your fourth quarter faith and emotional overtimes into heart-pounding, cash-stacking opportunities. When you join XBet.ag today, Use the promo code XBET and you'll get up to 100% bonus on your first deposit. Just don't be the guy saying, I would have won big. Join XBET now and start winning today. Plus, if you refer a friend, you'll get up to 100% of their first deposit too. So bring the squad and build the bank at XBET.ag, the newest and most exciting betting platform on the planet. Don't forget to use the code XBET to claim your bonus. We are going to kick it to our interview with Blake Allen Murphy from Revenge of the Birds and we'll be back after that. All right, and here we are with our special guest for this crossover edition of Locked On Eagles. We have Blake Allen Murphy from Revenge of the Birds. Blake, how you doing, brother? Doing great. Good to be here, guys. Glad uh, you could have me on. So tell everyone where they can find all of your stuff, where they can find you on social media, all that stuff. Yeah, you can just follow me at Blake Murphy 7 if you want, or if you like a lot of Cardinals news on the podcast. It's kind of the... Uh, the other bird gang. We like to think of ourselves as first. And then you can also find my work at uh, SB Nation's Revenge of the Birds website as well. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so man, let's get right into it. Uh, we are going to talk about pretty much each facet of this game and try to see how it stacks up. But the first thing that I want to hit on really is the effect of the loss on David Johnson on this offense. Because we have a similar thing going on in Philadelphia with the loss of Darren Sproles, and the question was, how are we going to replace those snaps, and who, you know, at what role are they going to happen? We've kind of figured that out now. How is that working for the Cardinals? Who is, who is taking the wide receiver snaps that David Johnson would take, and who is taking the running back snaps either as a pass catcher or as a runner in that situation? Well, yeah, for the Cardinals, when you take a guy who, you know, had him for 2,000-plus total yards last year, uh, it's just going to be something that you're not going to really be able to find a, um, a great replacement for that. Uh, that's one of the biggest impacts that we've been able to see, at least, from the Cardinals on their offense is just they've not been able to run the ball. They're averaging, I believe, it's a league-wide low. Yeah. We just about three, I think it's even like three and a half yards per carry at some point, which is just utterly ridiculous. Uh, so I think that when you take that off the field, you've been trying to throw a couple of things at it, trying to throw like a guy like um, Chris Johnson out there at his advanced age, <laughs> and trying to throw a guy like uh, Andre Ellington out there. He's been kind of the third down pass catching role in that David Johnson setup. Mm. So it's been good, at least that they've been able to not be totally decrepit in the position, but by all intents and purposes, they have no run game. And that's been a huge impact as well for Carson Palmer's been taking, uh, he's taken 16 hits 
uh, per game in the last mm-hmm. two games. So it's just it's just crazy, crazy uh, tough on offense in Arizona right now. Speaking of uh, Carson Palmer, there might be some some questions out there, A, about his age and arm strength. He's also taking all these hits. Uh, do you think he can hold up throughout the season? And has their game plan changed at all as far as maybe not being as vertical as an offense? Have they kind of brought that in a bit? Well, they've reined it in quite a bit in terms of the fact that they're going to using their tight ends a lot more in, in different sets. So they're also, um, you're seeing a whole lot more of passes to the running back on third down. They're trying to get some of their more athletic players in space. They're still taking their shots, but the biggest thing with the Cardinals is it's gotten to the point where they're having to start like a rookie tackle at guard. They're having to kind of mismatch around on the offensive line to be able to just to find like a decent left side. Some of the guys have been playing through injury or uh, have just been having down years. The right tackle, Jared Valdir, at least, it seems to have strengthened up after a bad game, but there have been times where they'll be in max protect where they'll have seven guys on the line and the team will rush three, and you're still seeing guys getting through and getting hits on Carson Palmer. So whether it's the receivers getting open or whether it's just the line playing that bad, it's just really uh, tough to be able to adjust when you're protecting your quarterback as best you can and you're trying to max protect it. There's a guy immediately in the backfield. Yeah, well, I'm sure uh, Eagle fans are licking their chops there because we've got a we've got a pass rush over here in Philadelphia, and we we faced you know a, a poor offensive line with the Giants, and and they had to get the ball out really quick there, and so you know I'm sure that uh that the Eagle fans are excited for that matchup as well. I'm looking over here at your uh, defensive depth chart now, and I hate to bring up injuries again for you, Blake, but, uh, you know, excellent pass rusher there in Marcus Cooper that you guys have. And he, I think, recently, or excuse me, not Marcus Cooper, Marcus Golden, excellent pass rusher there. Uh, I think he's recently been injured. Do you guys know how he, his snaps are going to be replaced yet? Do you guys know what you want to do as far as to, you know, manufacture the same pressure you usually get with both Golden and Chandler on the field? Well, one guy who did, it's going to get the first crack at it and did well in the spring is Kareem Martin. He's a third-round out. Outside linebacker pick, kind of didn't know if he was going to be more of a defensive end or a linebacker. Eventually, they kind of figured out that he was a depth and special teams guy. He's had a really great spring, but we haven't been able to see him as much in games as um, as we'd like. He's going to get the first crack. The other guy who's going to end up being replacing those snaps um, with some of the news that they signed some inside linebackers will be their first round pick, who's actually from the Philly area, came out of Temple and Hassan Reddick. Yeah, there he's he is. A defensive end. Yeah, he's a defensive end in college, so pass rushing is something that's supernatural for him. But the thing about him is he's moved around so much with his assignments where he's moved from, he came into college as a safety and moving down to the defensive line and has been spending the whole spring just learning how to play that inside linebacker position. So you're going to take a guy who's super athletic, he's got bend, he's got the ability as a pass rusher, but maybe isn't as natural of a fit uh, as some of the other Cardinals players might be, but he's going to be the guy who they're going to rotate in a lot. And he might just be permanently an outside linebacker now. So we'll see exactly what that impact he'll be able to have but for right now it's going to be those two guys and then we'll just see where it goes from there across from Chandler Jones <laughs> quick quick question I did uh for scouting academy I did some games on the cornerback for you guys Justin Bethel and I noticed that he struggled especially early on when replacing a lot of the snaps from the injuries there uh, when playing on the outside seemed to hit a little bit more of a groove when he played in the nickel where is he playing most of his snaps these days and how do you feel about his performance so far this season so with Justin Bethel he's actually taken over the number two corner spot next to Patrick Peterson and he's actually done a pretty fair job we've been able to see at least a lot of corners struggle when they've had to go across from Peterson because He's a guy who he's already leaving, leading, I believe, in uh, 
amount of yards per coverage snap this season. He's just having an unbelievable year. Uh, but Beckles had a solid year as far as for the first three quarters. He's been fine. And then occasionally there's been a couple of big plays and some touchdowns he's let up. Um, but it's not going to be an area where you'd be able to pick on them all game. The Justin Bethel of 2015 and 2016, that's there. Now, Tyron Matthew, on the other hand, that's a totally different story. He has massively struggled in coverage this year. Mm-hmm. He's had the two ACLs before, um, but he's been probably one of the poorest performing players on the defense on the Cardinal side as far as for being able to catch up to um, the quicker slot receivers that's there and even sometimes the tackling game. I mean, there's some missed tackles that have been broken for big games. So Matthew's a guy who I think that if the Eagles are smart, they'll know that Alshon's going to probably get the Patrick Peterson treatment. So if they could put Torrey Smith up in the slot or maybe see about if they could get some of the different snaps or if they're having to find a way to get Zach Ertz on Tyron Matthew, that's something where they could see some huge plays potentially from the slot. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Uh, Staying on the defensive side of the ball, the Eagles have a rejuvenated run game with LeGarrette Blunt going off. Uh, We had 200 yards in the run game against the Chargers when you take away Wentz's uh, six scrambles. How does this Cardinals defense stack up against the Eagles running attack? Well, the Cardinals have been a top run defense for, well, it feels like for like six or seven years, and that hasn't changed this year. Crap. Even despite losing Glaeus Campbell, uh, they still have been able to be very strong. I believe they held Amir Abdullah to, I'm trying to remember, something like almost like a ridiculous two point something yards per carry. Hmm. able to keep contained on Carlos Hyde. In fact, if Tyron Matthew makes a tackle against um, Ezekiel Elliott, where he doesn't go off for a 30 yard gain, you could be talking about a Cardinals team that's kind of limited some of these top running backs to. Mm-hmm. Uh, even under like uh, under 60 yards a game, which is kind of crazy considering that they lost such a big piece in play. Their scheme is very dependent on uh, disciplined defensive linemen. They got some veterans down there and then having athletic linebackers. They did get Dale Buchanan back, and he did, I believe, have the uh, pick sticks in prime time against the Eagles last year in the kind of that yeah. debacle game where Tyron Matthew was hurt. So just having him back on the field as far as being able to have that athleticism and then Carlos Danzi has been a solid leader and tackler. So it's something where it's going to be really tough for a running back like Garrett Blunt, who's going to kind of need to pay the line and kind of get a little bit of room and uh, pound it because the Cardinals defense will pound back. If they're going to want to basically make plays, they'll end up having to be in kind of the passing game, which is going to be uh, interesting how that matchup will turn out now with Marcus Golden out to see if they'll be able to get pressure on Carson Wentz. It's going to be yeah. a one Carson versus the other this week. <laughs> right, absolutely. And, it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be very interesting because the Eagles' tackles, Jason Peters and Lane Johnson, have been having a fantastic start to the season, especially in pass protection. And so the more time that Wentz gets, the more you might see the passing game develop. Well, it's kind of taking a back seat these, first two, uh, these past two games. Last question coming from me there for you, Blake. You know, we've broken it down a lot of different ways, a lot of different matchups. From a Cardinals perspective, if you had to give it one X factor, you know, either just player versus player or unit versus unit, you know, one real battle that could help define this game for either team, what would it be and why? Well, the big thing the Cardinals got last week that gave them a big boost that helped them win a game that was just uh, a terrible, awful game turned into a field goal uh, kicking match uh, was John Brown. John Brown has been uh, a thorn of the Eagles side since he came in as a rookie with a game-winning catch. And even though he's been battling, uh, I believe it's been um, uh, injuries as far as free head like a cyst, and then he's been diagnosed with uh, another sickle cell trait disease where he's just been struggling to stay healthy. But when he's been in there, uh, he's been a huge impact player. He drew a couple of pass interference plays against the 49ers that allowed Arizona to get into field goal territory. And if the judge had 
overturned the call on the field, at least from a replay. He might have had the game-winning touchdown against uh, the Niners in the last week. So John Brown's kind of one of those guys who's an X factor if he's healthy. If he's not, and you start looking around at trying to double up on Larry Fitzgerald and force Arizona's other wide receivers to be able to take over. The big thing I also think that's going to be an X factor besides just the protection is going to be uh, who for the Cardinals is going to be able to get pressure because with Chandler Jones out and with Robert Kambichi, who's been kind of the guy they expected to step up for Clay's Campbell, they've not been able to get interior pressure. And that's kind of what we've seen with Carson Wentz. If he's got a pocket and he's got room to work with, he's been great. So if they can find someone uh, who can generate an interior rush on him, because the tackles are probably not going to be uh, giving much up to them, uh, that'll be kind of the big X factor for Arizona. Excellent, excellent, Blake. Okay, uh, score prediction, Blake. What's the score? Who's taking it home? So this is really tough because I think it's going to come down to uh, can the uh, Eagles, are they going to be able to generate enough offense at least where Carson will be able to have time to throw? I think that they will be able to. But the question then is, will the Cardinals be able to protect Carson Palmer? And there are three games they have not, and it's really unlikely that they're going to be able to find a guy who will suddenly step up and be able to replace those gaps on the offensive side of the line. I've got the Eagles winning 31 with the Cardinals having 17. I think that it's not going to be as close of a game. The Cardinals have really struggled on the road in these East Coast games the last two years. Uh, the fact that they're having to go out into a hostile environment without a great offensive line against a great front seven just has me wondering, unless Arians can come out and deliver a fantastic game plan to protect his quarterback, I do think that the Eagles are going to be the ones who will um, be able to walk away. If the Cardinals can force a couple of turnovers and actually score touchdowns instead of just kicking field goals or in the last couple of weeks just kind of giving the ball back, then that might be a little different story. Maybe it'll come down to the fourth quarter. But I do think right now that the Eagles are the more talented team. Arizona's been hanging on for dear life against likes of the Jacoby Brissett-led Colts <laughs> and the Brian Hoyer-led 49ers, and they're yeah. having overtime victories against these guys. So I just don't think it's going to be that close of a game. Eagles seem to be be one of the better teams in the NFL so far this year. I think that's going to continue on Sunday. I really like the way you're talking to me right now. He is Blake Allen Murphy. You can follow him on Twitter at BlakeMurphy7, also at RevengeOfBirds or RevengeOfTheBirds.com. Blake, so uh, thank you so much for stopping by, man. Glad, yeah, no, it's always different when you can stop by, you know, the team and say, yeah, I think the team's going to lose. But, you know, I will say this. <laughs> I have predicted it's the last uh, four weeks in a row that uh, every Cardinals game, and I've gotten all four of them wrong. So my hope oh. is that I am wrong in this situation where I predicted a win, a win, uh, or I believe a win, a loss, a loss and a win. And I really, really hope I'm wrong here this one. So don't take my word for it. Maybe I'll be surprised. But right now it's really, really hard as a Cardinals fan to see this team being able to stack up against the Eagles. That's a real cheap trick you pulled on us, Blake. Yeah, Blake gives us a nice <laughs> like right. 12 minutes of awesome analysis and then goes, guys, I've been 0-4 all season, man. Just disregard <laughs> what I said. I'm just saying, at least for that one, if you want to have that, if it turns out the Cardinals do win, then we'll know that I'm the one who's the curse, right? I'm the one who'll be the cursed one then. <laughs> Blake, man, thanks for stopping by, brother. Absolutely. glad. Thank you guys for having me on. And we are back. That was a good talk with our friend Blake Allen Murphy. Yeah, good stuff, man. Of Revenge of the Birds, man. Go follow him. All right. So remember, rate, review on iTunes. Leave your Twitter handle in the review. You have to do that if you want to enter to win a free to win a free PFF Edge subscription, which is a $40 value we are giving away one a week. Ben, do you want to tell our gentle, gentle listeners what we got on tap for tomorrow? Absolutely. What's good, gentle listeners? 
Uh, we've got the review of the NFC, of the NFL at large quarter poll context coming up Thursday. So make sure you don't miss that. Trying to add a nice wider perspective to what it's looking like Philadelphia's season moving forward. And then Friday, obviously, we've got our final uh, look at the Cardinals game, 1 o'clock on Sunday. So get excited for that. And to hear our NFC East preview and also continue to hear us preview the Eagles and Cardinals, you got to keep it locked on here. On Locked On Eagles, Cowherd is a moron. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.